Enjoy the convenience of seven days a week banking and extended hours with Cube from First Arkansas Bank and Trust. Member FDIC. And now, Trey Biddy is brought to you by Chris Crane Hyundai, Arkansas's number one Hyundai dealer, and Genesis of Conway, Arkansas's only Genesis dealer. Genesis of Conway, the future of luxury today. Now, here's Trey Biddy. Good afternoon, Trey. Hmm. Good afternoon, Trey. Hey, guys. Okay, are you, let's see which. He always shows up on at least the second try. Sometimes the first. Okay, I think you're on a different input today. I think that's. I am. Oh, okay. That explains that. Okay, let's go. Oh, tie line A. Trey just texted. He's on tie line A. And I've got him on the line right now. Well, that's good. Yeah. Hey, guys. Probably on tie line A. Yeah, the regular <laughs> tie line I get on. <laughs> hey, yeah, for some reason it was just dead air, air on uh, tie line B, which I normally come on. So. Mm. Well, good. We've got you. That's all that matters. That's right. All right, uh, Trey, today we found out. Well, those that were able to make the press conference in person, and that was with Dave Van Horn. He set his pitching rotation for this weekend. Now, that includes Monday. This is a four-game series with James Madison. So he actually named a true freshman as a starter on Monday. Yeah, Colin Fisher on Monday, Hagen Smith Friday, Brady Tiger Saturday, and then Mason Molina on Sunday, and then Colin Fisher on on Monday. So, yeah. Um, yeah, I think that a lot of people have been anxious to hear him say that. <laughs> so, yeah. Uh, yeah, so uh, good to have that out there. And the other note uh, was confirmed. Peyton Holt will be starting at second, not third. And I think uh, that was kind of suspected, but not for sure, uh, that he would be playing second in the absence of Peyton Stovall. Yeah, I think he had probably a few options there. But, um, yeah, Randy, you're going to get me talking about baseball and make me look stupid. Oh, <laughs> well, since you've been kind of on the baseball beat lately, I thought I'd, I'd just kind of include I went to a scrimmage. <laughs> He's got a new baseball guy, Randy. Hey, it's okay. Yeah, Jackson McAfee's the new baseball guy. Well, that's right. Okay, yeah. okay. It's okay, but he's right. Because, and, and we thought Peyton Holt would play second base, and I, I thought last night um, when we were talking about baseball and it was said that he'd play third, I, he, he's had experience in second. That's why you figure he'd play there. Yeah, when Stovall played, went down. Played uh, there last year. Yeah. Right, when yeah. Stovall went down. That's right. And not third. As... Well, we're not going to press Trey to remember that. We're going to get back to another. <laughs> Please <school> don't. Else, <laughs> <so>. <laughs> I'm a casual watcher. <laughs> okay, casual watcher. Mm-hmm. Um, since I started with this yesterday, I might as well continue. So, what's new in the world of Hogsports.com? New in the world of hog sports. Well, you know we have two new writers. We have Connor Goodson and Jackson McAfee. McAfee's uh, helped in all sports, but Jackson also is our main baseball writer uh, who wrote the articles today that you're referencing. And then Connor Goodson is our new basketball writer. Uh, he takes the lead on that. Of course, it's all hands on deck for football, and everybody helps out where they can. Of course, Danny West on recruiting and helping out wherever he can, too. So um, that's our new staff at Hog Sports. And then, you know, we've got uh, 
Obviously, Danny's got the big red board out for 2025 offense and a couple baseball stories. And it's kind of like we touched on yesterday. It's kind of the calm right before the storm with, I mean, we've got a four-game baseball series coming up. We've got basketball tonight against Tennessee. What are they, eight and a half? Plus, Correct. Plus eight and a half on Correct. Bill Harrison. Correct. Yeah. So, uh, pretty big line for the home team um, against, obviously, Tennessee's ranked number six nationally, I believe, right now. So, uh, they got a good squad. Uh, so, uh, but a lot, a lot coming up this weekend. Obviously, basketball and uh, you know playing Tennessee today, and then you got Mississippi State on Saturday. Um, got the four-game baseball series, and not too far off from football. You know, it was interesting, uh, Trey. I, I'm not sure how close you were able to connect with Dean Weber over time. Mm-hmm. But uh, he did pass at the age of 78, long-time trainer. Uh, I thought it was interesting is that the celebration of life for Dean will be held April the 13th, 4 p.m., inside Bud Walton Arena. And this is, I'm thinking, going to coincide with the uh, red-white game, is it not? Yeah, well... Tentatively, uh, that's when I'm projecting the red-white game to be. It hasn't been officially announced yet, but that's what I project. And, you know, with with Dean, um, you know, I, I spoke to Dean a few times throughout the years, um, you know, and just got to know him just a little bit. It's kind of interesting because when I started on the beat, you know, you had older guys like, you know, Nate Allen and Bob Holt and uh, Mike Irwin and, you know, some of those guys, Clay Henry, who are all, you know, those guys are all at least, what, I don't know, 15 to beyond years, yes. years older than I was wondering where you yeah. were going with yeah. that. Yeah, right. Well, and, th- and those guys all, you know, I always saw them talking with Dean and stuff. And, you know, I always, I'll, most of the stories that I'd heard or, you know, people when they brought up Dean, uh, it was, you know, them telling me a story or something like that, you know, something with Dean. Like I was kind of more on the back end, I feel like, you know, when he was when he was still a trainer and stuff when I was when I was getting um, when I was getting going. Uh, so I heard a lot. You know, it's interesting. I, there's like so I'm 46. There's not anybody who's on the regular on the beat covering Razorback sports. You know, not not counting radio people and stuff, but like people who are who are there at all the press conferences and, and all that stuff. There's not anybody who's like within 10 years of me either way, above older or younger than me. I don't know why that is, wow. but it seems like there's a lot of people in their 60s and there's a lot of people, you know, in their 20s and 30s and stuff. And then, you know, there I am right in the middle. I don't know why that is. But re- regardless, I've just kind of got off topic. But I, don't, I, I, I knew Dean just a little bit. Most of the stories – um, and stuff that I'd heard about Dean were from, you know, some of those older reporters who were around him, you know, m- more for a longer stretch while he was uh, head trainer. Thank you for sharing that information on the service, Randy, and it would be appropriate because they bring all the, well, they, all the former football players that want to come back, come back on the spring game weekend. Right, right. And so that would be an appropriate time because many of them would be in town from outside of Fayetteville for that. Mm-hmm. And the only other service memorial service that's ever been done in bud walton arena was for frank broyles correct and uh so dean weber's going to need that kind of seating because there will be many 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 there to uh honor him this was from uh kevin trainer in the release and it says the celebration coincides with the a club spring reunion 
scheduled for that weekend. And Dean was driving force in the A Club. Yep. And um, he loved the reunion weekends when the former student athletes returned to campus. Family requests memorial tributes be made to the Dean Weber Endowed Athletic Training Scholarship Fund within the U of A College of Education and Health Professions. So if you want to make a uh, memorial to Dean Weber, that is the Dean Weber Endowed Athletic Training Scholarship Fund within the U of A College of Education and Health Professions. I was saying earlier, Trey, that if you knew Dean, you knew what a character he was. I mean, that, that to me, one word says Dean Weber. He was a character mm-hmm. who could tell story after story after story. And who knows, Rick, how many lives he impacted over oh my gosh, that, that half was, a century of, yeah. of um, contributions was, to the program. Yeah. Yeah, because there's about 100 football players or more every year, and he did that for – 31 years, so you'd have to say he's impacted thousands. Obviously, there wasn't as much turnover then as there is now, but still, you're talking about thousands of athletes. Yeah. So, so. Including Sidney Moncrief, who he taped his ankles too tight. (laughs) (laughs) It's still a funny story. (laughs) Yeah. Um, Trey, this uh, from the committee, uh, I guess it's the rules committee. And they're going to make this recommendation. Uh, what do you think about the two-minute warning for college football? Same so weird. You. I was Are thinking about kidding? that during the Super Bowl. What'd you oh say, Rick? Are you kidding? It would be a great opportunity to have another commercial break. Well, yeah, particularly with what <laughs> ESPN's about to pay for all the games. I get that, but. Yeah. That to me, stop the clock when the ball goes out of bounds like they did in the past. Stop the clock after a first down. Would they save on time with that rule? Five minutes a game? They Four and a half time. real minutes. Yeah. But bring those rules back. I, th- I think those would be important. But I always thought that was one of the stupidest terms. If you want to say two minutes something, you have to invent a word. Warning? Mm-hmm. Like, Warning, like there's a tornado coming or what? <laughs> yeah. What kind of an idiot term is that? Oh, so my gosh, there's two minutes sound... left. They start, they start the uh, siren. <laughs> George Carlin used to always say we come up with all kinds of different uh, terms to make things sound more important than they are. Yeah. Like uh, we're going to have shower activity. You mean rain? <laughs> Be sure to grab your belongings from your immediate seating area. You mean my seat? That's right. Your personal belongings. What other kind of belongings would I have? Public belongings. Um, But yeah, you know, here's the here's the thing, though, Rick. It's they want to add a two minute warning because there's another opportunity for a commercial break. Of course, of course. And while it makes sense to you know stop the clock, maybe when it goes out of you know when you go out of bounds and stuff like that. I mean, you you say four and a half minutes or whatever. But uh, we've seen teams obviously use some of the new clock rules to their advantage, like uh, Kent State. Kent State, I mean, that was one of the shortest games since, I mean, I can't remember when, when the times really changed. I went back and was looking at some really old uh, box scores and stuff and, and seeing the game times and stuff. I mean, games were like, you know, back in the, even in the 90s and stuff, they were, you know, a couple of hours, <laughs> you know, long sometimes. Um, and then, you know, obviously, 
things started changing. The ball gets thrown more and more incomplete passes, stopping the clock, more commercial breaks, and then suddenly mm-hmm. games are, you know, three and a half hours long um, or more sometimes. But, yeah, that's that's what the two-minute warning is for so they can um, – so they can get another commercial break in. NFL, you know, so I don't, somebody was giving me grief because I didn't know the NFL rule uh, about in, in overtime. And I, I was just telling them, like, look, when it's football season, I work six days a week at least. And I cannot tell my wife that I'm going to go watch NFL football all day on Sunday on our <laughs> one day off. So NFL, I, I, I've just kind of fallen behind a little bit just covering college sports and stuff but uh, as far as I know NFL they don't you don't you don't get stop clock you know the same stop clock um, clock stoppages like you do in college you know late in the game now with the new with the new college rule uh, you know you get the um, out of bounds out of bounds I think it's five so minutes with, with five, five minutes, minutes left in the NFL okay yeah if, they, if you go out of so, bounds, the clock stops yeah so the two minute is kind of in a way to stop things um, you know, give you an opportunity to, I guess, stop the clock. But nowadays, like two minutes, you used to have a two-minute drill, and, you know, that was like your your last drive of the game. Mm-hmm. Whoever had the ball with two minutes left was, you know, could be the team that would win. Now you see teams march up and down the field in 40 seconds or less sometimes. I mean, the, the idea of calling it a two-minute warning just seems a little absurd. You almost Funny, need just, you know – well, a 30-second warning with the way teams move up and down said, the field now. Trey, you said that they saved four and a half minutes, or maybe Randy said that, per game. Four and a half, they're, yeah. They're going to add it back with the two-minute warning and the commercials during that time. That's yeah, going to add It'll be back. a three-minute. That's right. It'll be a three-minute so commercial so they break. So just, they just lost the four and a half minutes that they gained. Mm-hmm. and uh, But as you said, with two minutes to go, people knew to go into their offense, but some coaches probably didn't know there was two minutes left, but now they'll be warned and they'll know. <laughs> they'll be warned. Well, uh, you couldn't do it all at once. You couldn't just be like, we're going to add another commercial break and we're going to no, do this. You have to do it right. one thing at a time. That's right. And Eventually, you're right. it'll, it'll be all commercials. Yeah, and you're right. Those are three-minute <laughs> breaks. They, they are long and commercials breaks. are important. I don't mind commercials. I don't mind commercial right. breaks. I don't mind, you know. That stuff. I understand, you know, being in that the industry that you have to have a way to sure. pay the bills, and you guys right. do too. But there is a level where you, you know, when I, I set YouTube uh, ads on, you know, the show that I do, it'll ask, do I want to do an excessive amount of commercials and say, hey, this may turn people off? Or do you want to do balance and, like, this is going to keep your viewership good and, you know, keep people happy? Uh, you know, those it, it, like, tells you that kind of stuff. So, um there's definitely a balance between the programming and the ad starts. The other, and we've heard this, I guess you could say, discussed uh, somewhat lately, and that is the addition, especially after all the uh, hula that went on at uh, Michigan, but adding the uh, helmets with uh, communication devices. And I'd like yeah. to see that that be implemented of course you might not want to let uh, Travis Kelsey have a hold of that particular helmet because uh, when he slams it down I'm sure it would damage the equipment but uh, well they they should they should go ahead and add that in college football Um, I think that would you know that would get rid of all the ridiculous signs and stuff I guess (laughs) yeah it really would or should 
I, I don't know. I mean, I guess everybody the way the way they hurry up now, it's everybody needs to needs the sign, I guess, on the sidelines. But it would it would definitely help the quarterbacks out. And yeah, I think that I think it makes a lot of sense to add that in college football. A, a few years ago, when Brett Bielema was here, they had talked about adding you know technology on the sidelines like iPads and Tablets, stuff like that. Yep. Yep. Yeah, but they backed out of that because not everybody was set up for it and able to do it, so they didn't end up doing it. I can remember there was a commercial. Georgia Tech was one of the teams in the commercial, and um, it was like showing something about technology or something, and you know they were on the sidelines with uh, with an iPad. And I remember thinking, oh, this commercial is totally unrealistic. This is against the rule, 15-yard penalty for having an iPad on the sideline. But they should they should have that. I mean, that was that's been a long time ago now um, since Bielema was at Arkansas and that and that rule. Because I remember Bielema was very very much for uh, adding you know technology on the sidelines like that. So maybe they could revisit that. I, I think that's something that should be incorporated in the game, being able to, to be able to quickly look at stuff like that down on the sideline. If you look in a Major League Baseball dugout, those guys are in there after every at-bat looking at iPads. And mm-hmm. So it's, a, it's pretty – an iPad costs 500 bucks. So in a $160 million budget, I think most schools could buy iPads. Yeah, well, you can get – I mean, I'll buy used iPads sometimes, you know. Well, they wouldn't do that. One breaks eventually. I know, but I'm yeah, they obviously could, they're not they going to worry not about buy the money. Anything used. They're not going to worry about the money, but I, no. I, I I buy used iPads, or refurbished iPads. Um, yeah. you know when one breaks or one, you know, becomes out of out of date and stuff, but I've also bought uh, you know, like the Amazon, you know, Fire deal, which I didn't I didn't like as much. I actually returned that, but there are other options out there besides iPads that can give you yeah. You know, a lot of sure. for 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 a cheaper price, but obviously university is going to go with uh, uh, the best. <laughs> They're not worried about the best for last either. That's right. And then ask their fans to pay for them. Well, I got to yes. believe Microsoft <laughs> is a huge sponsor, some way of the National Football League because that's all you see is oh, Microsoft yeah. pro. Uh, yeah. Oh, is that right? Yeah, yeah. tablets. Yeah. Uh, Trey, the other thing that this came from Yuck, Texas A and M. I mean, I'm sorry, Texas Athletic Director Chris Del Conte, he confirmed that the SEC is progressing to a nine-game schedule by the 2026 season. So they're going to do another year where they guarantee the long-term rivalry stay. I mean, this was – I'm surprised that they're waiting um, another year. I agree. But so they're going to – whatever they're – going to do they're going to do it in a way that you know georgia still plays auburn and you know sure they um, will. if it's nine games you'll have three alabama rivals yeah you'll alabama still plays auburn alabama That's still right. plays tennessee yeah um georgia still plays florida uh, all those types of things they're going to make sure that those rivalries hold um so they can continue their streak but um it's, it's the only way to do it if you are going to hold on to those rivalries, which, I mean, they've obviously made it pretty clear in the past the way they've structured things that that's important to them. So, I mean, a nine-game schedule was inevitable. It was. Am I the only one aggravated that a school that's not in the league yet broke that story? Yeah. That's why I went yuck. The University of Texas, A.D., broke that story. I'm just telling you, it's going to be nauseating having them in the league. <laughs> not Rick, I want you to tell us how you feel. 
not how from you a really com- feel. Not from a competitive standpoint, not the games, the administration. They think they are above everything. Well, according to reporting from Inside Texas, oh, yay. Okay. Now we get Inside Texas information. I'm happy, yeah. But uh, so we know that. Network, uh, has that expired yet? <laughs> they, they get it through the end of the year? Probably through the end of the year, if I had to guess. Yeah, I would, yeah. Guess. I would or not the so. end of the year, but the end of the academic yeah, year. Yeah, the academic right. year. Yeah, yeah. great. Yeah. Okay, I'm sure glad. Uh, he <laughs> says, we have eight-game schedule right now, working on going to a nine-game schedule. Uh, we have ways to go with that, but I would say this year we have an eight-game schedule. The following year we have another eight-game schedule. Then we'll look at going to a nine-game conference schedule. So, and you know, don't you, don't you hope he gets a call from Greg Sankey? Shut up. <laughs> <laughs> that was not your story to break. Uh, I hope he does. Well. If you know Greg Sankey, I wouldn't be surprised that phone call, if he wasn't ready for it to be announced, he'll let him know. I hope so. All right, Trey, we will talk with you tomorrow. That is Trey Biddy of Hogsports.com being brought to you by Chris Crane, Hyundai, and Genesis of Conway.